Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and today we are going behind the scenes to see everything that I've learned in my first year of running the Holistic Business Academy. So for those of you who don't know, the Holistic Business Academy is my membership site where we help spiritual entrepreneurs to attract 5k plus months without feeling like they're selling out or working all the fucking time. You know, really trying to approach business through this holistic lens, which starts with you as a human in a body, in community, within a wider ecosystem, and seeing that all of these things are in play when we are growing a sustainable and supportive business. So almost a year ago, technically I think it was like the 25th of September, so we're a little bit early, I launched the Holistic Business Academy. It is a membership site, which means that like Netflix or Amazon Prime, you pay a monthly fee for access to resources, coaching, and community. This idea, for those of you who are maybe new or, or, or haven't been following along since last year, stemmed out of me getting injured in September last year. I severed an extensor tendon in my right hand, and all of a sudden felt like, well, first of all, most of what I was doing was tarot related at the time, so shuffling tarot cards was real hard. But I also realized that my entire business still needed me to be available all the time for it to run and to fulfill on the promises we'd made to our customers. And even though I'd had lots of scalable offers, I've been making courses for years and felt that overall my business was very sustainable, we didn't have recurring revenue that we could depend on that was also without me doing something, right? Like if I had coaching clients and we'd usually have payment plans for several months and things like that, but I still had to show up and, and coach and, and be available to them. So this injury, which took my hand out of commission for about 12 weeks, in addition to being just deeply like, you know, painful and, and traumatic, really kind of brought into focus to me that a lot of the business I had been building, we really hadn't made a commitment to scalability and a commitment to removing me as the bottleneck from the business. So in the past year of this membership site, we have grown from about 50 founding members to, as of today at least, 230 members and still growing. We have goals for this to be much larger than that. And it has become the financial backbone of my business. And we'll talk more about what I mean by that in a little bit. So I, I've become very passionate. I've always been passionate about scalable offers, especially as someone who, like many of you, I have mental and physical health challenges. Having a full client schedule is just not, I, I, is not a good fit for me energetically, but also just because I have variable health. And having subscription services, membership sites, things that create consistent revenue in our businesses and that are scaled. And what we mean by scaled is that, you know, the, your time is leveraged, right? You put in one, one widget of time and you get out 10 widgets of impact, right? So it's no longer just one widget of time to one hour of impact on somebody else that you're able to actually do the same amount of work and impact and help so many more people. And this is, I just, I cannot express enough how much freedom has come from knowing that we have a product that not only is helping literally hundreds of people at a time, but also gives me the freedom to be a human. Like that is, I, I can't say enough about it. So y'all, I have a bunch of notes today. I'm gonna be honest, we got a lot to say. So we'll see what comes up. First of all, 
in our, our HBA lessons is what we'll be calling these, is that I did something really smart at the beginning. I'm gonna pat myself on the back, <laughs> which is that I set us up for success. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of times when we're going into a new offer, a new product, a new service, we want to do all the things, right? We want to make it the most amazing thing ever. We want it to be perfect. We want to make sure we're delivering tons of value. And, and none of that's inherently bad. Um, but in particular, this whole wanting to over-deliver, wanting to deliver a bunch of things, that is a big problem when it comes to a membership site. First of all, people actually get overwhelmed if you have too much stuff in a membership site. It's one of the reasons people leave is because they feel like they can't take advantage of it. But for our purposes today, I want to talk about why this is a problem for you. So a lot of times when folks come to you with an idea of a membership site, they are either looking at people in the industry who have entire teams to support them, or they're thinking of all the cool things they can do, right? Oh, I could do this and I could do that and we could do weekly calls and touch points and this and da da da. I've had a lot of clients who've actually come to me with that very problem. People who have been running sites and a lot of times they've maybe been doing it on Patreon and like doing all these different things or doing like a coaching program where people are paying a really low cost of getting weekly access to you. And while having ideas is awesome, right? That's actually one of our big jobs as an entrepreneur. That is not sustainable. The thing we need to remember when we're doing a membership site is that this is something that's going to live month after month after month, after month, forever, basically, right? We wanna set ourselves up assuming our inevitable success and that you're gonna be running this for years, years. Now, for a lot of entrepreneurs, we have these big goals and dreams, but we don't always, especially at the beginning, let, us really, let ourselves really imagine what things might look like in years down the road. Do you want to be doing coaching calls weekly for years? for a program that maybe costs, most membership sites are gonna cost somewhere between maybe 17 bucks and $97 a month. Does that feel good to you? <laughs> Kids are probably no, right? Especially actually at the beginning, especially when you have your first few members and maybe your membership site's making a couple hundred bucks a month. Showing up for calls every single week in addition to making a PDF and a private podcast and like a coaching experience and core content, it's not sustainable. So one of the things I was super excited about when I started my membership, I learned from Jasmine Shea. Jasmine runs Your Dinner is Planned, which is a wildly successful meal planning recipe membership that she does. And she taught a class that I got to attend where she talked about this idea of your core deliverable. What is the one thing that if you did it every single month, it would get your customers closer to your goal? One thing. And she forced us to pick one. And I loved this because when I started thinking about my membership site, I was like, oh my God, we could do so many different cool things, right? But I had to pick one primary thing. And for me in HBA, it's coaching calls. The one thing I have to do every single month is show up for two coaching calls. The entire program is designed to run with me only showing up for those two coaching calls by bringing in support, by having existing content, all this stuff. But the only core deliverable every single month is two coaching calls. This is critical because I know myself and I love group coaching calls. It's like my favorite thing to do. So showing up two times a month, 
that I can do. Now in practice, I show up quite a bit more and we'll talk a little bit about what the day-to-day -day looks like of running a membership, but for you, it might be something different. I remember Jasmine said in that example that she didn't want anything on her calendar. She wanted zero coaching calls. She was like, I will make the content. My core deliverable is recipes. She's also just great at doing that, right? This is something we kind of want your core deliverable to be in your zone of genius, something you love doing and that you're great at. But Jasmine didn't want anything on her schedule. So she has no calls. So we had to start from this idea. And when we talk about setting yourself up for your inevitable success from the very beginning, is that I want you to start thinking about what that one thing is that will move the needle for your customers. And in a membership, what's so exciting is that, yes, we want people to get quick wins. Yes, we want people to have success right away, but we're really investing in a longer term relationship. You don't have to solve their entire problem in one month. In fact, you probably can't, right? I don't expect my members to go from zero or 1K or 2K to 5K plus in a month. Some do. There are people who do that all the time, but that's not my expectation. I expect them to be there for a while, for us to grow relationship, for us to refine and tweak, and for them to use the tools in the program to get those results over time. So what is the one thing? I think for me, that has been such a relief to know that that is, if I show up and I do that, to a large extent, I have done my job. Now, I do want to be clear, of course, we have other things inside the Holistic Business Academy. We have an amazing Facebook group community. We have the core content of the holistic business framework that we actually talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago. There's all these bonus trainings and all sorts of cool stuff. There's lots of cool fucking stuff in HBA, right? But the core deliverable is those two calls. That is what moves the needle. That is what makes the difference. That is what provides the most value for that program. And when it comes to those day-to-day -day activities of running a membership site, what your core deliverable is will just dictate that a lot. If you decide that you want to make a PDF workbook for them every month, then that's going to be a lot of the work that you're doing. My day-to-day -day for the membership, kind of looking behind the scenes, is a few things. The first is this really depends on how much help I have at a given time. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but especially for the past three months, I've basically been running HBA alone. During that time, we have also, gosh, grown by, we haven't, we haven't quite doubled yet. Not quite. We've grown a lot, though in the past three months, and I've been running the program alone. And that I don't recommend. <laughs> We're gonna talk about team a little bit later. That I don't recommend, it's been a little bit much. But my basic core tasks fall into three primary areas. The first is in fulfillment, right? So I do my two coaching calls a month, and then every single day I'm in the Facebook group, especially because we haven't had a community manager for several months, so it's been my job to make sure that everything's being posted, everything is updated, that everyone's following the rules, and that everyone's playing nice, and that people are getting their questions asked, and of course is being in there cheerleading, answering questions, and all the fun stuff. Um, but I've been in there every day, and depending on the day, I'd say I probably spend 30 minutes to an hour in the Facebook group. I'm like, that's a little high. <laughs> right, we're going to talk about scalability in a minute, but that's not super scalable for me to spend an hour every day in a Facebook group, especially as it grows, right? Um, and then the second big piece that I do, so if I don't have a call that week, then there's not that. There's usually some kind of like admin thing happening. Sometimes that's a tech issue. Sometimes that is like updating a software. You know, I do all my own IT, so there can be a lot of like tech things that emerge. So I always have like some admin time and I'd say my admin time is probably a couple hours a week. Some of that grows, goes into the support time. 
So we have um, you know, customer support, we have an email inbox, and that at a membership is actually a huge amount of the time that you're spending, right? There's always people joining, people leaving, people asking questions, people who can't quite figure out how something works, somebody who loses their password. Those kind of challenges, uh, or, or I mean, just support questions, I don't even, don't really challenges, those definitely increase as your numbers increase, but a membership kind of increases them as well because people are there for a longer period of time, which unlike a course or something, so they're, they're just more touch points. And as a result, there can be more points for confusion, really. So my support inbox, depending on the day, can be probably up to an hour of time. The support inbox though also includes leads. It includes people who are interested in the Holistic Business Academy who have questions. And we're gonna talk a little bit about how we're selling HBA right now um, in a few minutes. But suffice it to say, all of like the, the administrative stuff to run HBA and like the day-to-day -day fulfillment, it can be three to four hours a day. Now, I feel like that's like the least sexy thing I've ever said on this podcast, three to four hours a day of fulfillment work. Um, I might be, I might be overestimating that. I'd say the four hours a day are probably when I have a coaching call, but also because if I have a coaching call, then we have to upload the call replay. Like there's all these little pieces that go into it. The good news is, is that we've developed systems and processes. We have SOPs, standard operating procedures for almost all of these things. And that's where the team element comes in that we'll dive into in a second. The one thing about HBA that I love is that I actually don't create any new content on a regular basis. Even though I love creating content and I love teaching, I like to do that when I am inspired and when I am motivated. I am not someone who is great at sitting down and being like, oh, it's a new month, we need to make a PDF. Like my brain does not work like that. I can't just like turn on the focus. Ooh. So I don't actually have content creation duties on a monthly basis. Now there are things I'm doing like reaching out and finding guest experts or right now we are starting to audit the entire program and do a massive upgrade of the entire framework and the whole program, which we're hoping to launch in November. So now I'm going into content creation mode, right? I'm gonna be re-recording every fucking video. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing all of it, but I'm really excited and motivated because we've learned so much this year. So it really depends. And I'd say like, depending on the number, of, it really depends on how many emails we have. I'd say probably on a good day, our admin total is probably about two hours, so it's not terrible. But this is where team is gonna come in when it comes into uh, scalability. So let's see. I think if our first lesson there was set yourself up for success, right, and in terms of choosing those things that you're willing to do, um, and I'd say kind of part and parcel with that is like really setting up operational systems so that these things run really smoothly. People always ask me like tech recommendations. I mean, honestly, you can do a membership site on whatever the fuck you want, right? It, there, there's so many tech options now. I don't really have like a primary recommendation. We, I built, I custom built my website using MemberPress on WordPress. I like it a lot because it's a lot of flexibility, but it doesn't come out of the box built, right? I've had to build it and now I'm gonna be rebuilding it. Um, but there's like sites like Podia or Kajabi or Thinkific or Teachable or MemberVault. Like any of those can host a membership site. I really don't like Mighty Networks. I think the user interface is shit, but I know a lot of you like it. So that is also a good place for a membership site if you find it usable, which I do not. I honestly just get lost every time I go into a fucking Mighty Network. So I won't join a program on that software anymore. Um, so yeah, those are kind of like the, the primary things for setting yourself up for success. And then recognizing that like 
Customer support is going to be a huge part of this, especially if your goal is to scale. All right, when you have 10 customers, there's no, usually not a lot of customer support. When you have 230 customers and more, and you know, we're gonna be at 500 customers probably probably in the next couple months, you know, that, that's like a, just a completely different ballgame in terms of the vol, just the volume of emails um, that happen. So the second thing was a huge lesson for me is that HBA is not for everyone. And of course I knew that. I don't try to create products that make everyone happy and I don't recommend that you do either, right? If something's for everyone, then no one's gonna want it. But I think what has been super important, both in terms of like energy management for myself, but also in terms of staying focused, especially heading into this revamp, is recognizing that people are always gonna ask you for more stuff. They're always going to have whether they're recommendations or complaints, <laughs> I mean, two sides of the same coin. But if you're producing something that people are participating in longer term, they're always going to have feedback for you. And feedback is good and valuable. We sent out a survey to all of our members. We got a lot of great and supportive feedback, but we also got a lot of stuff that I was just like, no. And being able to, like, as a lesson from this year, to step into this place and just say, no, I'm not doing that, that is a I mean, right, honestly, that's a shift I'm working on right now. And we're going to talk about that a lot when we talk about kind of the mindset shift from a six figure to seven figure entrepreneur and like what I'm working on mentally right now as the program grows. But like your program isn't for everyone. So we have to come back to that core deliverable, right? What is the thing you're willing to do? You know, for example, we have our course, our core content, the framework is recorded videos. And we definitely get people sometimes who are like, well, I don't like learning on videos, right? Or it's hard for, you know, it's hard for me to learn on videos. And I get it. Most online trainings are video based. It, it's one of the easier ways for, for most learning styles to learn. Um, it's also my favorite way to teach, right? I like to talk. That is the best way that I teach. I also channel when I teach. So it's like that, that works really well for me. I I'm okay with the fact that there are people who do not want to be in my program because the content is in videos. Like, that's okay. You know, this isn't the same as like great feedback we've gotten and we're going to be implementing, which I'm, I'm very excited for, uh, when we redo the videos, which is having subtitles, right? Subtitles for accessibility on videos. We got that feedback from someone a couple months ago. And as we're redoing the content, we're going to be adding subtitles on all of the core content videos, right? That's important. But if people don't like videos, that's okay. This isn't the program for them. And I just had to be okay with the fact that we're going to lose those customers. I'm not going to create a whole different learning method that doesn't align with the way that I like to teach and that has to be okay, right? So it's kind of like this process of like discernment of like what feedback is actually aligned with the vision you're creating, right? Like like subtitles for accessibility, like, yes, that is aligned with our vision. Creating completely different ways of teaching this material when it's, it's honestly just not something that I'm very good at. Like, I teach best in this format. Like, that's okay. There are other people these people can learn from. So that's been really powerful. Or like other feedback, like every once in a while we'll get somebody who says they want more access to me or they want more coaching calls with me. And, you know, I have to be okay with the fact there's going to be people who are disappointed about the number of calls they get right? We're super clear about them. There's two calls a month and I'm in the Facebook group. Like there's a lot of access to me for a very low cost, but I have to be okay with the fact there's gonna be people who, who want more of me. And if they want more of me, then they can book one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. That doesn't mean they don't have that opportunity, but as a membership site owner, 
your boundaries are going to be really critical because people are always going to want other things. And you, that process of figuring out like what actually is going to get them the result and get the most of them the result, right? Your goal in a, in a program like this is not to make every person 100% happy. It's literally not possible. You will drive yourself, you will drive yourself just wild trying to do that. It's been, it's been like kind of like a mental and like emotional challenge for me to get to this place and be like, no, you don't get more access to me. I'm very confident in what we've created. I'm very confident in, and I've seen the transformation that it creates. I love this program, but I also love myself. <laughs> and I have to protect my energy and my boundaries or else I won't be able to show up and serve all these people. So that like, you're not for everyone. And I think that this has been like a very a very like kind of like pressure cooker way of, of seeing that um, and just having to be okay with it, you know, and like more and more like people who just like, they just don't like me. Like, well, I have to be okay with that. Um, I'm really just like, I'm just so done with with worrying about that. And, you know, kind of in that line of like not being for everyone is also like, is really like, there's no such thing as the perfect membership site. And I really encourage you to start before you think you're ready. The, I mean, the biggest mistake I see small business owners make is not doing anything, right? Is not taking action, is waiting for the one idea that feels right or letting the fact they have multiple ideas stop them from trying something. And it's honestly heartbreaking. I know not all of you are folks who are like me, who are like, cool, let's just throw something against the wall and see what sticks. I know some of you do need some more nurturing time and like time to like kind of like incubate ideas. And I have ideas that I incubate for a long time. I mean, oh my gosh, probably more than you realize. But we have to do something. And every day that you do not put your work out there is a day that A, you don't learn what you need to know about it. It's in doing it that you get the feedback. Is this what people want? Does it help them? And also, every day you don't do it is a day that people who need it don't get it. This isn't about saying that we have to be working all the time or rushing to put things out, but if there's something on your heart, you know, don't let, don't let it stop you because you don't feel like you're ready. We launched HBA with nothing. We had no content. Uh, we did have a website. I like quick built a, <laughs> real quick built a website and a landing page with one hand. So when my hand was injured. Uh, we had a founding members rate. It was the first time actually that I really did what I've now called the test balloon beta method where we just sold it on Instagram. There was no free experience. There was nothing. It was super scrappy. And I think, I can't even remember now, I think we had like 50 or 56 founding members. It was wild. It like blew my mind. That got us actually to our first 10K month, which was really exciting too. And like, it just, everything clicked. But I started before I was ready. We didn't have any core content built. <laughs> I had the basic idea, but I hadn't made any of it. I knew that that first month, the most they would probably get would be coaching calls with me and maybe a couple content videos. So, you know, these big visions, these big dreams, they don't come to fruition by waiting. And it's, it can be hard to hear, but this is one of those places where we talk a lot about personal agency and what we do have control over in our lives. And this is one of the places where it is your turn to take responsibility. Because if you haven't started, if you haven't put it out there, if you haven't tried, if you're stopping yourself, that's on you. And I say that with love because I've been there. But if I had waited for this to be perfect or for somebody to tell me I should do it or, you know, nobody was asking me for a membership site. No one was like, Sarah, make a membership site, right? Like, you know, I was just like, I think this is the next step. 
we create our results by the actions that we take. And I want you to take action before you're ready. I do. Because if you wait till you're ready, you will have waited too long. So kind of part and parcel with that is what I call the pain and joy of iterating. <laughs> As I said, you know, we started this program, um, Scrappy Town, and it's essentially been, I don't want to say it's been a beta for the past year, but we haven't really updated it. And it's been challenging for me to stay focused on not doing it. I almost talked myself out of doing the updates now, but I'm so much more clear on who it helps and how it helps. And I can really see the holes in the program that I was like, no, we need to go ahead and do it. But when you do take messy action, then that means there's going to be stuff that isn't perfect. There's going to be stuff that people don't like. There's going to be stuff, there's going to be holes in your program. And getting to this place of like deciding what your goal is and focusing on it. In our case, it's been growth. It's been stabilizing and growth and like putting team in place and growth and stabilizing and growth that, you know, if I had gotten distracted three months in or six months in by redoing the content, we wouldn't be making any fucking money. <laughs> and like the program is great. The program is works. It's ready for an upgrade. And I think that finding that balance point has also been a really important lesson this year because so often what I see is people launch something and then instead of just turning around and relaunching it or, or trying it again, they try to make it like perfect, right? We take that first round of data and we're like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to make it perfect. And then we get right back into that start before you're ready issue, right? We're going to talk a little bit about a program that I really love a little bit later and that's Haley Burkhead runs. And Haley has, says this great thing that like, why are you worried about retention before you have any customers? Like you need more sales <laughs> before you worry about retention. And retention, and we'll, we're going to go a little bit more into that in terms of like, is p retention is, is a measurement for how many people stay month after month in a membership, right? If your membership is month to month, or even if it has a payment plan, because people will drop off, um, you know, how many people stay and retention is, is really important. You know, a lot of your profit is in retention, a lot of also people's transformation is in retention, right? If they stay longer than a month, they're going to get way more out of it. But and we've always had very high retention in HBA, which I've been grateful for. But the <laughs> but I love what Haley says that like, you know, why are you obsessing about keeping customers when you don't have any? And like program upgrades and the changes we're making, a lot of those are geared towards retention, right? Making the program better so people want to stay longer and get better results. And it's like, I've had to give myself this year to figure out what the fuck we were doing without messing around with the product. And I have, I know folks who've run membership sites where they didn't do any upgrades for two or three years, right? Like they really just ran with it. We need some upgrades sooner and I'm totally comfortable saying that. But just like letting ourselves like know that like your desire to iterate on something and to make it better is awesome. And it's also a distraction, right? If your customers are getting results, if they have the tools they need, let it be imperfect. Because as a business owner, a membership site, you need more people through the fucking door, which leads us to our, our, our next level, um, which is the realities of scaling and what I'm calling more help, please. <laughs> Somebody, a couple people over on Instagram asked me about memberships. And if there's anything that I think that like beginners need to know, a membership site is a scaled offer. I know I already said this, but I need to say it again because people kind of forget about this part. You launch it, you get excited, and you flatline. Maybe your first launch got 28 people, 40 people, 100 people, whatever, whatever your baseline is for your audience size and your conversion rates. And people 
kind of go into it and and they flatline there. Or maybe they don't actually have the systems, they don't have any selling tools yet, and they launch a membership and get like five people, right? Which is great. But membership is a scaled offer. Remember at the beginning, I said most memberships are priced somewhere between like $27 and $97. There are higher end memberships. Um, for most of you and uh, the work you do, they're probably not going to be in those price points, right? The higher end memberships tend to be very business or finance focused. I got to listen to a panel with a guy, Jason Brown, who teaches people like stock market stuff. His membership is like, it's like $1,000 a month or something. It's like super expensive, but like, you know, it's for learning investment. It's a totally different like market. Rachel Rogers membership uh, for business owners is is definitely on the high end at like $295 a month. That's that's expensive for a membership, right? It's a, it's a premium price membership. But if you're doing something where people are going to be paying $27 a month, $37 a month, you got to do the math of your scalability step one. Because 40 people times $37 a month is $1,480. And we can get a little distracted by being like, ooh, 40 people, right? Which is, of course, awesome. We wanna, like, we're like gonna love on those people. We have to recognize that $1,480 a month, that's not enough to pay your bills. That's probably not actually enough to cover your time for your membership. I think when we first launched, our recurring revenue was like $1,000 a month. And I mean, I was so fucking stoked. I mean, it was a huge deal. But getting to the place where the membership actually supports itself, actually pays for itself, profitable requires more people. And that's what I call about like the realities of scale is that there's this interesting place we get to step into where we have to recognize more and more that we're playing a numbers game. And for some of you, this is going to be super comfortable. And for some of you, you're going to fucking hate it. But before you start a membership site, I really want you to do some math, real math, which is what is your goal for how much money you need this to make every month for it to be worth it to you? And I say, like, have that starting goal, right? My goal was $1,000 a month. I was like, if we're at $1,000 a month recurring revenue right off the bat, I'm going to feel awesome about showing up for this. And we hit that. And we also sell yearly memberships. So our launch was actually quite a bit bigger. But, um, but like, that was, like, our monthly membership like, recurring revenue. And I was like, fuck, yeah, right? And but that doesn't pay my bills. Like, as a human, it definitely doesn't pay my business's bills. And we're not going to get to multiple six figures with a $1,000 a month membership. So we want to start from that place of like, what is that first step? But then what is the vision you have for this? And it's probably going to grow, to be honest, as you get more comfortable running a membership and supporting so many more people, it will grow. Our vision has already gotten so much bigger as I'm like, oh yeah, we can handle this many people. We got this. But I find that folks don't do the math. And if there's a mistake I see kind of beginning membership folks make, it's not figuring out, it's not doing the numbers right? And not figuring out how quickly they need to hit certain goals in order to make the membership sustainable for them. Some of this, again, comes back to our initial, you know, point, you know, set yourself up for success with your core deliverable. If you have five people in your membership, and you're making like, I don't know, 50 page PDFs every month. Oh my god. I mean, that just makes me want to stab my eyeballs out. But you know, that's not scalable. You, you, for that to be to workable, you need, you know, tons of people in there. I think of Jasmine Starr, who many of you probably know, Jasmine is an Instagram expert, and her membership site, Social Curator, it does a bunch of different things, but one of the core deliverables is stock photos and social media prompts. How much money does it take to, you know, for them to create those stock photos? 
I mean, Jasmine's a photographer, so maybe not, you know, as much, but like, you know, she has a studio, they do a lot of shooting, like there's an upfront investment of time and resources. Jasmine needs a lot of people in that membership for that to be profitable to cover the costs of even creating those goods for their members. So this is like the not sexy stuff that no one wants to talk about and just say that having a membership is amazing and cool. Um, and it is amazing and cool, but for you to hit your revenue goals, you need more people. You need more members. And, you know, I, I do love membership sites, but for most of you, and this was how we started it, I wouldn't expect it to necessarily be your primary revenue stream up front. It works really well in conjunction with a higher end offer that will create cash flow for you. So I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching last fall. We also were doing the incubator, which is a higher priced offer. So I had several other ways that we were making cash to pay our bills, to pay me while we were growing the membership. Now there are definitely folks who, who grow memberships super quickly. I'm not, I, this is not, I'm not trying to put a limitation on you, but to look at the reality of it, that 40 people at whatever, $27 is $1,400 a month. And while that's, that is amazing, right? That is amazing. You're going to need more people. And when we start getting more people, then we start running into the issues of scaling. And the issues are exactly what I got back. I said at the very beginning, when I was saying, what is my day like? It's all the fucking emails. It's all of the amazing people that need support inside whatever community component you have, right? It's all the little admin things. But that time, it does expand. The reason this offer is scalable though is because most of that doesn't have to be me. So earlier in the year, we did have some folks supporting us who were fantastic, um, but ultimately not the right fit. And in June through basically now, I've basically been running the program myself. I got a little bit of help in August and then we actually hired our new community support person in the middle of August. And she's currently onboarding, has met our members and is in training and is taking over the emails, and it's just such a fucking dream. Oh, she's so brilliant. And just like, I don't know if any of you have hired yet, but there's like that feeling when you like find the people that you're like, oh, I'm so glad that this person is supporting the people in our community. Like, that's how I feel. We're super lucky to have her. And that that now gets me out of some of those things, right? I'm going to get some of my time back. And it's honestly been a little bit hard to grow at the pace that I want because we haven't had enough help. And that's on me. I have been slow to hire and slow to fire, which is the, the opposite of what we want. Um, not that we wanna be super fast to hire, but um, I have definitely dragged my feet there. I've had a hard time kind of allocating funds to hiring. And we, this is starting to look at like kind of the more deeper finance stuff, but I haven't paid myself a lot in the business ever. Um, <laughs> I'm on salary this year, and this is gonna be the first year where I'm gonna, y'all, I might make what I made when I graduate college this year. I'm very excited, <laughs> like super stoked. It's like, that would be awesome. I was like, I made this much money managing a wine shop in New York City when I was 23 years old, and that's fine. Um, it is fine because I'd rather reinvest in the business, um, and I'm investing in our long-term growth rather than paying me more, but with, with some of like just like all the expenses and paying myself and it can be a little daunting to hire because there's always that fear at least i've had this fear that we won't be able to pay people right that something's going to go wrong and we're not going to be able to pay people now that's not a real it's a real fear i guess i mean the reality is that that would never happen i would i would never let that happen i would roll out something i would launch something i would make the money i would pay them certainly before i paid myself um 
like that that would not happen like I but it has been a mindset shift for me to recognize it like I have to invest in the team before we can scale because I cannot be on my computer in my inbox eight hours a day like or on Facebook eight hours a day like it's not possible even four hours a day is not a great use of my time as the entrepreneur in this business my job is to show up and do what I do best in terms of fulfillment is to create content and is to find new customers right my job is to lead the company and to bring in new customers yeah and to, and to create things right and to coach so it's been a bit of a chicken or an egg thing with hiring and ultimately in the end of June we had a um gosh we had a terrible month in May which I talked about June was one of our was our biggest month to date um until June July was another very was a much bigger month um and from June to July we brought on one, two, three contractors and one employee. And we brought one of our contractors on as an employee. So we have two employees now, and I think a total of four or five contractors, uh, five. And that was a massive shift. First of all, just the fact that I wasn't the only person in my business anymore was really nice. But also the amount of help I mean, I'm already like, oh my God, we need more hours. Oh my God, we need more people. Like it, it, it's wild how much I think we learn in our early years of business. And some of you might be in this place to just like duct tape things together and like, you know, make it fucking work. And like, I'm not about working long hours. And a couple months ago, I was, I was down to, I was working like four hours a day. I felt great. I definitely have been the past couple months working more like eight plus hours a day, which is not not good for my body or my brain. And like duct taping things together is totally fine at the beginning. It's exactly what you're supposed to do. But I've been having to take the duct tape off and like solve the problems. So this this realities of scale in the sense that you need more customers, right? If you value having a lower priced offer like this, which I do, I mean, that's part of the reason we do this is because I do want this work to be more accessible. I do want I think people who don't have enough money for a huge coaching program should be able to get some coaching feedback. Like I, I you know, I don't like that that is like super gated. And yeah, we are raising our price. I'm totally comfortable with it. This program is fucking amazing. We're way under the market price right now and I need to bump it up. But you know, I still like most coaching programs like start at like thousands of dollars. Like th like a thousand dollars a month is not abnormal for a group coaching program. So to be able to have a membership where we can provide some of those tools, I value it. But that means that we need more people and that I can't do it alone. So that's just been a big realization for me to be like, okay, actually, every time I hire someone, every time I bring in help, that I'm actually getting my own time back and that I value my time and that is worth paying for. I want to talk about a huge decision we made this year, which really started to change the, change the game for us. And that is that we set up an evergreen sales funnel. And... I I love live launching. I love it for so many reasons. I think it's super effective. I love how fucking high the conversion rates are. I mean, oh my God, it's just like so dreamy how high those rates can be. Uh, when we live launch HBA, you know, we get rates, like conversion rates like 15%, like really beautiful, beautiful rates. Um, and all that means is that out of the number of people who are interested, 15% of them buy. That's high. Industry standard is like one to 3%, maybe, maybe. Um, but with the limitations on my time and energy, both just in terms of being busy, but also like, again, valuing holistic business, right? I don't want to work all the fucking time. I want time off. I want to rest. I want to play with my dog. 
plus the realities of business, which is that, you know, people, you know, people leave and people come and people do leave on a membership site that's not abnormal. You, you expect for that, that attrition. We set up an evergreen funnel to replace the people that were leaving and ultimately to make better use of, of the marketing we do, right? Like here on the podcast, on social media. And it was a game changer. Now, I still love live launching and I will be live launching my big programs probably. I mean, I don't I don't see any reason why I wouldn't, right? I think it works super well, especially if something has a set start date. Like I, I love it. And um, our incubees are about are about a month in and I'm seeing them starting to get excited about their launch too. I mean, it's such a powerful tool. But for something like a membership site where it is lower cost, where it is more about volume, an evergreen sales funnel is fucking brilliant. So even though I've set up funnels before, I decided to invest in a program because I really just didn't have the time energy to figure it out. And like, I, you can do it on your own. I'm not trying to say you can't, but like, I'm really savvy at this. And I was like, it's worth spending the money to just have someone to tell me what to do. And as a result, we were able to get our evergreen funnel up in three weeks really fast. And I used Haley Burkhead's recurring profit program. You know, if you are at a place where you want to set up a funnel, go check it out. We can link it up in the in the show notes. And, you know, if you do decide to apply, let them know I sent you. I've been really impressed with the program. Um, I've been in a lot of very high-end programs, and hers is extremely thorough. The support is great. The community is really nice. But most importantly, it got me my result. Like, I was so impressed by how effective it was. Now, granted, I took action, right? I do, like I said at the beginning, like not everything's for everyone. Um, I took massive action to get this up. Um, But having the evergreen funnel has been a major game changer because it means that now we're getting sales, we're getting new customers every single, actually every single day now. And why I love this so much is first of all, people do naturally leave a membership. The numbers are kind of like up and down um, for us right now because we're testing a bunch of new things. Um, the people who are kind of membership site experts say that, you know, anything less than 10% of people leaving a month is good. Um, I feel like that's high. We've had most of the time we've been more like one or 2%, which is extremely low. Um, but as we grow, those numbers are going up. But that means that, you know, that monthly recurring revenue, right? If you started out with $1,400, right? Your 40 customers at 27 bucks in three months, that's probably going to be down to at least a thousand, if not below. So the evergreen funnel allows you to replace those people, bring in new people, which also just like reinvigorates the program. Um, so Haley's program was super helpful for me for that. It wasn't a bigger investment, but like just being able to just get the fucking thing done. I, I can't say it. I can't say enough how much I appreciated that. And it's really through that program that I started to expand my vision of what's possible. Because if this is a scalable offer, then an evergreen funnel is a scalable sales machine. It doesn't, it's not based on me. It's not based on me showing up. It's not based on me doing anything. We, um, there's a couple different things that we do. The first is that we do routinely mention it here on the podcast, right? So we get a lot of people there. Hey, you can go check it out at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash impact. It's an awesome webinar. It's a really great training. We get fucking killer feedback on it. And y'all know I give good webinar. Like I'm very proud of that. And this is a really great training that I think offers a lot, um, a lot of tools, a lot of mindset shifts and really kind of like shines a light on some stuff that people, people don't really talk about too much in the industry. So we have this great webinar. 
Some people will just come from that or come from our Instagram. In July, we started running Facebook ads to the webinar and a bunch of you may be here from that, right? We decided to reinvest and start to increase our reach dramatically. And that has been awesome. Um, I'm not gonna go too much into Facebook ads right now, but even though I'm pretty good at them, again, I hired someone to help me. That's been a big thing this year is just like, Sarah, you don't have to do everything yourself. And while yes, like I'll be candid, like all the spending is definitely cutting into our profit margin. Like it's not um, like I'm just viewing us as being in growth mode. Money is the gas right now in my business instead of time. Time has been the gas for the past like three and a half years. And y'all, I'm fucking tired. So now we're putting money into it. <laughs> um, that's one of the advantages of having the monthly recurring revenue is that I can like know how much money I can spend. And, you know, we've been introduced to so many new people, so many new members, like all these awesome folks that I don't know how I would have found otherwise. And I'm really grateful for that. And then the last thing we did is we actually hired someone to help with Instagram engagement. So going and meeting new people. And that's been really fun. Um, I really fucking hate doing engagement on Instagram. It's like my least favorite thing to do. So we have an awesome contractor who helps me with that. Uh, she helps to find great people to connect me with. And I've really been enjoying that. So all of this is just about finding more people, getting in front of more people. And then if it's a right fit, them coming in, joining the webinar, and then eventually joining HBA. Haley covers a lot of these strategies inside recurring profit, you know, much more explicitly. But I do think that I'm really seeing that it, for the long-term health of a membership site, that a mixture of live launching and an evergreen funnel is the way to go. And I'd seen other people in the industry do this. Um, I mean, Melissa Griffin has done this for a long time, doing a mix. Tyler J. McCall does both, um, an evergreen and live launches. And I really, I see why it's so powerful. Live launches are amazing. They are a huge boost of energy. The conversion rates are high. People are so fucking stoked. And we'll be doing a big live launch in November or December when we raise the price and roll out the new um, the new program and everything. And then the evergreen funnel allows us to keep growing in the background. And also, I realized like this is just maybe a me thing, but having the doors completely closed to HBA just didn't feel good. You know, like people, if like people are looking to grow their businesses, they're looking to grow it now, right? They want to learn right now. They need help right now. So the evergreen funnel lets us like, you know, get the folks who are really ready to take action, give them that opportunity to do so. Um, and part of this is really stepping into uh, the seven-figure mindset. We're not a seven-figure business. <laughs> don't if, if we cross the million-dollar mark, don't worry, you will hear from me. I mean, by the end of the year, we'll be a multiple six-figure business, unless something goes super sideways, which it could, but I don't think it will. We've, we're still growing in the midst of everything that is going on. Um, and that's a huge, a huge difference. Um, I don't share numbers a ton on the podcast or in general because I think that sometimes we get hyper-focused on people's revenue instead of whether or not they can provide the result that we want, right? Like that's only like when you're hiring a coach or you're joining a program, doing that because of somebody's, um, how much money they make is not like, that's not like my top thing that I want to know. I want to know, can they get me the result, right? Um, but I'm going to share some numbers with you now. Last year, the business itself made $80,000. I'm going to be really, really candid with you. I've been a little afraid to even say that to you. I thought some of you would think that was way less than you thought we were making. And some of you would think that's way more. And I've been a little afraid of judgment. Um, that like it wasn't enough to brag about. Even though, you know, I was really proud of us. Especially because I actually decided not to push harder to get to 100k last year. Um, because I wasn't feeling well. and was sick. 
I was really proud of that. Some of you might remember that I talked about that at the end of the year last year, at the end of 2019. Yeah, so I just want to be like candid about that, that even like sharing that. And these are revenue numbers, right? This is not, you know, not profit, not my pay. At least for now, those things are like feel like my proprietary information. So I'm going to keep those as they are. But we made $80,000 last year. For reference, the year before we made 40. The year before we made 20? No, less. We made like 13? No, 20? I can't remember. I'd have to look. Um, but we basically doubled every year at a minimum. Um, we actually had a couple years that were like 3x. We haven't been around that long, so my numbers are a little bit fucked up. Anyway, this year, in terms of like actual like cash in the bank, because here's the thing, marketer math can get kind of funny. Cash in the bank, money that has gone through my bank account, we've made over six figures so far. In terms of like what's booked, and then also some of the programs where um, like something like Craft Your Biz, where Ren and I are, are splitting that, with what's even with what's booked, uh, we are almost at $200,000. Not quite. I think like maybe seven, uh, 170 or 180. Again, that's not not cash on hand. Like, you know, that could go sideways. That's a huge difference. <laughs> that's a huge change year over year. Um, and as I said, we're spending a lot of money on ads right now. Like we're not very profitable. So don't don't get like way too excited. Um, we have all these team, like our expenses have gone up a lot this year. And I expect them to stabilize actually probably early next year. But what this is really about, besides the fact that I'm sharing this with you, getting to six figures does take one kind of person, one kind of brain, one version of yourself, right? Whether you're there or not, like you're on the way. It is, it is scrappy. It is throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. It is like, it's, it's a lot of testing. It's a lot of messy. It's usually a lot of doing a lot of different things. I mean, while you're figuring out what you love, and what people love, and it's audience building. And if you don't have funding or you don't have another job, which has been my situation, you know, it can be a little bit like slower. Like you're doing organic growth. You're not paying for ads and things like that. Going past the six-figure mark and looking like down the road is a completely different game. Because scrappy, like not that I'm trying to make things complicated now, but scrappy doesn't cut it. It can't just be the Sarah show. I don't even want it to be the Sarah show. I find I'm like so bored of myself. I'm like, I don't want it to be the Sarah show. I want it to like us to have a team and a community. Like that's really important to me. It always has been. But I'm really trying to step into this mindset of like, first of all, believing it's possible. I found myself earlier this year saying that I didn't believe that we could hit seven figures with just the membership site. And like, yeah, those are some bigger numbers. Those are some big numbers for sure. But I had decided it wasn't possible that we would need another product to get there. And we do have other products, so that's fine. And I had one of my coaches be like, why do you think that's not possible? Ja uh, Jasmine Starr, who I mentioned earlier, I think hit a million dollars in her membership when it was like $22 a month or something. Like really inexpensive. Um, and my job now, so much of it is believing it's possible and then taking the actions to get there. And I think that like last year, the last couple of years are just kind of scrambling, like trying to like, trying to figure it out. And now I'm like, oh, I think we figured it out. That doesn't mean we're not improving, but my job is different. I have to look further down the road. I have to look at like, what does it look like for this business to be stable and sustainable enough that we can hire more, that we can bring people on full time, that we can add in more benefits. That like, you know, all it's like a total, it's, it's a business now. <laughs> it's a fucking business. I am the bottleneck. I am the one who gets in my own way on every single thing here. And it's like a lot of the, the scrappiness and innovativeness and just like do it all attitude that got me here doesn't serve us at all anymore because I can't be the person doing it. 
Um, and I'm going to go ahead and tell our goals to you, all right? Our goal of this year is to cross $200,000, and um, I'm feeling pretty solid about that. I don't see why not. Uh, our goal next year is, um, it's very ambitious, and I haven't even fully mapped it out yet, that's on my to-do list, um, is $750,000. I know, right? And then uh, is in 2022 to hit a million dollars in revenue within, in one year. I'm sharing this to you because if you had told me even a year ago that I'd be thinking this way, I would have probably laughed at you. And also a year ago, I didn't realize what it costs to run a business over six figures. That's probably for a different episode, but I think I've kind of like laid that out for you, you know, that a membership site is not an inexpensive business model. It is a product. You can make more money, more profit doing coaching. You can make more profit doing one-on-one -on -one sessions or like packages or mentorships, right? Because it doesn't cost very much to do that. It's basically your time. It does cap you, right? It's hard to kind of go past six figures with just one-on-one -on -one work or just service work, unless you go into an agency model, in which case your profit margins do start to decline. You know, this transition, I've just seen like, oh, like to hire people, to pay them well, to, to have the software, to have the team, to actually pay myself, it just costs more money. <laughs> the good news is, is that when we make more money, it means we're helping more people, right? Like those things are, are completely linked. But it's just been a big mindset shift that I'm honestly still sinking into. But um, if you're going to have a scalable business like this, chances are your profit is going to go down for a bit maybe, or, you know, that you might end up needing higher revenue than you were anticipating in order to pay yourself what you want to get paid, right? Like what your target is. Um, because, you know, my, my salary is only a fraction of what we make now. And that, I mean, that's how it should be, right? This isn't the Sarah show. We don't run this business just for me to pay my bills. So that's part of it. Like the, the vision of the business is much higher. So I'll be sharing more probably in the coming months about that mindset shift as I step further into it. But really what it comes down to and what I kind of wanted to close on was this. Is that growing a product like a membership site is a really delicate balance I'm realizing between the numbers game, which I talked a little bit about today, and keeping it personal. I'm really not interested in having a product where I don't know the names of the people who are who are with us. I, I put this on Instagram, and I've said it here before, but like every time somebody joins HBA, I get like an email of their, their registration going through and has their name. And I literally do a little happy dance and I go, hi, new friend, and like read their name. <laughs> and that matters a lot to me. Like, having actual relationships with members in our community, that is critical to me. That's not something I want to give up. And figuring out how to look at raw data and numbers while still completely honoring the entire humanity and the joy and the dreams of each of our members, that's the balance now. And I'll be honest, I love it. I love being able to use both the, both of those sides of my brain, like creative empathy and then, you know, like logical like numbers and like visionary work. But it is a balance. And I want to leave you with that, that when we go beyond one-to-one, -one, when we start going one-to-many and helping more people, that keeping the humanity in it is a huge part of our job. And I mean, as soul-centered business owners, there's other people who don't give a fuck, but I know you give a fuck. That's why you're here. So when I start saying, oh, $750,000 in revenue next year, it's not really about the revenue. 
right? It's about the number of people we're going to be helping, all those names that I'm going to get to read off in my email, the people we're going to be able to hire full-time. Oh my gosh, how fucking cool would that be to have full-time salaried employees that like makes me like weak in my knees? And that, that balance is what will help me and help you to stay values-driven as you grow. Because it's not just about the money. If it were just about the money, we could get jobs or we could have business models that have higher profit margins. There's all sorts of things you can do, right? But because if you're listening to this and you're still here almost an hour in, you want a scalable offer that honors your time, that is at a lower price point so it's more accessible because I know accessibility is so key for so many of you that that's a really high value. Then we're going to be looking at bigger financial numbers than you might have realized. So do your math. Set yourself up for success by making sure that what you're committing to is something you can actually keep doing for the long haul. And recognize that it's your job to maintain the humanity as you scale your product. That these are human beings. Of course you know that, but like, that you have, you have to do both. We have to look at the numbers and the humanity. All right, I hope this has been so useful for you. Um, I realize we went really deep today. I also shared some, some real personal information, but I hope that this has given you a sense of like what I've learned this year what the future holds, and frankly, what's possible for you. I want you to have the business of your dreams where you are helping as many people as you want to help while also supporting and helping yourself. And um, I'm just excited that we get to do this together. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.